Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's LL Flooring's fall sale. The biggest sale of the year. With up to 25% off on over 300 floors. It's happening now, but ends Tuesday. So don't wait. Save on waterproof vinyl, hardwood, laminate, and more. That means new kitchen floors, living room floors, even part home office, part gym floors. Save up to 25% on a floor you'll love. From inspiration to installation, get started at LLflooring.com. Formerly Lumber Liquidators. Welcome to Floor Love. Hello, everyone, and good day. This is Oracle's News Radio. Today is Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. I am Renee Thomas, your host of Oracle's News Radio. I want you to share this podcast with your friends and family on social media and via email. Get on the phone and tell them about it. The more you all know, the better prepared you can be. I have a lot to cover, a lot to talk about. This is going to be a little bit of a different segment. As opposed to just talking the news, we're going to be dealing with a concept, an issue of critical race theory. We'll be talking about how the Christian Bible perpetuates racism and the negative aspects of critical race theory. We want to say that we are a news podcast featuring current events, Oracle and prophetic news, and astrology forecasts that include the current energy climate within the country and within our world. And our viewpoint is progressive, so our commentary will reflect this. We want to welcome back all recent listeners in the following countries, the United States, Ethiopia, the UK, India, United Arab, Arab Emirates, Canada, Lebanon, Sweden, Sudan, Saudi Arabia, Norway, Czechia, France, Germany, Brazil, Belgium, Italy, and Ukraine. Thank you so much for listening. All over the world, you can learn more about our parent company at anointedgroove.com. That's A-N-O-I-N-T-E-D-G-R-O-O-V-E.com. So I want to go ahead and get started. There's this buzzword going around and one of the things that gets me talking about this today is that I (laughs) I'm planning to have a July 4th get together at my home and the person I'm going to be entertaining some teachers and one of the teachers said that they just wanted to get together and and have some some good food and wanted to talk about critical race theory So I've heard that word or that term around and I kind of figured out what I thought it meant based on what I heard people saying. And after they mentioned to me specifically that they wanted me to talk about it and they actually even referred me to some people on YouTube who were discussing it, I decided that it might be a good time to bring this topic up from my unique perspective which is basically a new age one 
And it is also in line with progressive Christianity as well as archetypal subjects and generational um, child rearing and things of that nature from a human perspective. We have to consider all of that whenever we talk about anything having to do with people. So today we will discuss critical race theory. What is it? Does it oversimplify the condition of humans or the human condition? How does it play into archetypes, horoscopes, culture, child rearing, generational influence, or either even brute military force? And how is critical race perpetuated from a negative standpoint by the church and by Christianity and the Bible? So critical race theory is a subgenre of a critical theory which is an ideology that looks at oppression along the lines of race, class, gender, sexuality, sexual orientation, gender identity, physical ability, and hegemonic power. Um, Hegemonic power is like the overruling leadership of a culture or group. And this hegemony is the ability of the dominant groups or leadership or government to impose their values and desires on the oppressed groups. It also assumes that this overruling leadership is not necessarily based on universal truth. So let's break that down. So here you are, you're raised by hardworking parents. They have worked hard all of their lives in blue-collar positions. They raise you with typical values. You attend a public school where you kind of have to educate yourself. And you grow up watching the types of television and entertainment that people in your class typically watch. You hear about rules and laws that you need to follow. You watch the news and see how your people are treated. You praise your God or deity in the way that you do based on your culture. And you grow up with a mindset. When I grew up, I had a mindset that everybody was supposed to work. And if you got really lucky, you would get a job where you would never have to really change jobs. You would just retire from that job. And then they would they would take care of you for the rest of your life. You would get a job with some Fortune 100 company or Fortune 50 company, and they would just set you up for life. And that's how it was supposed to go. It never occurred to me as an 18-year-old that I was supposed to get a, a start a business or or do various things that other people do like radiology or to become a podcaster or to become a newscaster. It was just that I would be a secretary because I knew how to type and I learned how to type. So I could always be a secretary or an administrative assistant. For those people who, for whatever reason, were not able to learn to type or didn't have a good speaking voice to answer phones, they possibly would end up doing some menial or, or manual labor where they would be putting together widgets for the rest of their lives and they would earn a living 
and live in a lower class or a middle lower class neighborhood, raise their children, and that would be what their children would do also. We always had someone who was repairing shoes, doing hair, cutting hair, repairing clothing, had a little grocery store, and these were the business people. This is all that we knew. We would always go to a white doctor for the most part, a Jewish doctor. And one of the other things that we did when I was in the, a senior in high school is I had a project in my careers class. I took a class in careers, and many of you won't believe this, <laughs> but it's true. And my final exam was to get a real newspaper from my city, find a job, get an apartment, get my lights turned on, my utilities, be able to buy a certain amount of groceries, and that the money that I earned on this job that was in this real paper, if I came out in the black, even just a few pennies, I actually got an A in the class. That's all they gave me in the public school system in the African-American neighborhood. That's all I got. I was told that I was supposed to be a part of a working middle class that was the backbone of society and very much needed. And I wasn't told how much money I was supposed to make. It was assumed that I would live with someone in my home and that the two or three of us would get together with our incomes and we would be able to maintain a household, the three of us. And that's exactly what we did. Until I began to look in other areas outside of the public school system for my education. And I began to talk to and to fraternize with other people who were not raised the way I was. And I learned that there were other ways of doing that, to, of, of, of surviving, of existing, of thriving even. And even to this day, I am still unlocking the doors of wealth that were closed to me, not even open to me as a young African-American woman. So critical race theory involves this type of education that I received that put me in a position to believe that my life, my children's life, and my grandchildren's lives were supposed to be a certain way. And that we were not supposed to rise up out of that because there were certain jobs we knew nothing about and that we shouldn't even be considering. This was what the hegemonic power called the educational system of the county that I was in in Georgia. It's what they put in place for me to create my reality, my mindset. But you may ask yourself, what got me out of the chains and the bonds of this race theory? My sincere unhappiness and my, my being somewhat spoiled in and of myself that if I am unhappy where I am, 
there has to be something better and I have to find out what that is and get there. Now, per Britannica, Encyclopedia Britannica, critical race theory, which is a subgenre of critical theory, is an intellectual movement and loosely organized framework, that was the framework I was in in the public school system in Georgia, of legal analysis based on the premise that race is not a natural, biologically grounded feature of physically distinct subgroups of human beings, but a socially constructed, culturally invented category that is used to oppress and exploit people of color. Critical race theorists hold that the law and legal institutions like the school system in the United States are inherently racist insofar as they function to create and maintain social, economic, and political inequalities between whites and non-whites, especially African Americans. Now, if you were in the 12th grade as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, and you took a career class as an elective to help you to understand what career you could have, and your final exam was to go get a, a newspaper, find a job, and then get an apartment, get a bus ticket, not even a car, get a bus ticket, and get your utilities turned on, and buy groceries in this amount, and if you have money left over, then you pass the class. How is this helping to get rid of political inequalities when this is what was taught in the primarily minority school systems, public school systems in the South? Some of you probably don't even believe me, but what I am telling you is the truth. So how does the Bible perpetuate these systems, these educational systems, these political systems, these systems that serve to keep people oppressed specifically because of their race or the color of their skin or perhaps some of their physical features or characteristics that are in line with people of color how do these systems work and what fuels them well we know that the united states of america was created based on a land where people could come and practice religious freedoms for the most part these freedoms were abrahamic meaning they were based on the abrahamic religions of christianity um judaism and Islam, but mostly Judaism and Christianity, more specifically Protestantism. So all of these people use the Old Testament scriptures, and we're going to go through a few in the beginning of the Bible that helps to perpetuate why the thinking of people of color or about people of color is such that they can be easily discarded, stepped on, killed, and oppressed. In Genesis 9, the ninth chapter of Genesis, 
Racism is perpetuated as the father of Cush is told his children will be cursed to be servants of their cousins. Apparently, Moses had children who were actually three boys, and one of them looked upon Noah's nakedness when he was drunk in his tent. And at that time, you weren't supposed to, according to this story, you weren't supposed to look upon your elders or your parents' nakedness. And the other brothers, apparently, when he told them what was going on, walked in backwards. Now, when you think about that, if it was even true, how would Ham know to walk in backwards? The only way his other brothers knew to walk in backwards was that they were told by him. If perhaps he was the only one who even was concerned about Noah. So he was the first one to come to the tent to make sure he was okay, thereby seeing his nakedness. So there was no reason for him to walk in backwards. However, according to this backward story, since the others walked in backwards, they were blessed. And Ham and his children, he's the father of Cush or the Cushites, they would be cursed to be servants of their cousins. That is the first statement that I found of racism. Now, we've had, we have some sexism even earlier than that, but we're talking about racism. In Genesis 21, there was an Egyptian slave, Hagar, and she's booted out of Abraham's life, even though she's asked to come in and she's asked to be his, his, his woman. And she gives him his firstborn son. But this Egyptian slave is told that her child is not the child of promise. And therefore, it's okay to kick them out into the desert. What does that tell you? It tells you that her worth was less than Sarah's. Let's move on in this line of mythology to Numbers 12. Miriam and Aaron, the sister and brother of Moses, they want to overthrow their brother Moses because he marries, yes, a Cushite from Midian. And when God chastises Miriam about talking bad about Moses, he does not mention that Miriam should not have called the Cushite um, bad. He should. He does not mention that Miriam should not be racist. He only confers with Mir Miriam and Aaron about the fact that they wanted to overthrow their brother Moses, and Moses does what he says. So it had nothing to do with racism. She was given leprosy for about seven days for just speaking bad about Moses. Nothing to do with what she said about Moses' wife who was a Cushite. In Numbers 25, a Midianite woman from the same place as Moses' wife was impaled with her Israelite lover for leading him to serve the gods of her fathers, the Baal of Peor. When she was killed, God 
moved the plague that had killed 24,000 people. So in this scripture, God basically, or the Jewish mythology says that because of this black woman, 24,000 people died because she served the gods of her father. She somehow caused a curse to come upon the people. So she was impaled with her lover and it's okay. So as you begin to read through these scriptures, you can even see that in the book of Numbers, in the 25th chapter, later on in that chapter, God tells Moses to treat these Midianites as enemies and kill them all. Kill them all because they worship other gods beside him. In fact, all of the Hamite nations of the Bible, the Canaan, many of them, the Midianites, lost their lands as they were not the so-called people of promise. So it's like in the Middle East, get these people of color out of the area between the Tigris and the Euphrates, get them out of Israel, kill them, destroy the people of color. And then the people who come from Iraq or Ur or Iraq or Aramea or Aramia from the northern mountains, they come down and it justifies the takeover of those lands, which we now base Christianity on. You cannot deny that this is the seat and it is the perpetuation of critical race theory. Because if I were to tell you that all of these scriptures should be booted out of the Bible, you would be like, oh my God, what a sacrilege. How in, how in God's name can you say that? These scriptures are sacred. They are holy. Therefore, if race theory has become ingrained in Christianity and in religion and in Abrahamic religious theory, how can it ever leave because many people feel that they would die and go to hell forever if they are not racist? What can you do with critical race theory in that regard? It is embedded within the first chapters, within the first books of the Bible. Racism is used as a reason to commit genocide. Racism is used as a reason to call specific people accursed. Racism is used as a, a, a reason that makes no sense to oppress other people and to make them servants. Racism is deeply embedded into the Old and New Testaments of the Christian Bible. How can we ever get rid of the critical race theory and have a completely equal type of subsistence or existence if we do not change the the current bible if we do not progress 
in the current scriptures. If we do not disembowel these old racist mythologies that say one group of people is better than the other because God said so. And what else has this led to? It has led to the demonization of of tribal religions. It has led to the demonization of non-traditional religions. It has led to the demonization of non-Abrahamic religions. It has led to the demonization of non-Christian, non-Judaism religions. It has led to the demonization of New Age thought, the demonization of, 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 of ancient spirituality, the demonization of shamanism. Who practices shamanism? Everybody used to, but who still practices it? People of color, the people of India, the people, the Native Americans, the people of Ifa, the people of Voodoo. Who practices these religions? People of color. And they are demonized as a result because a group of people came up with a mythologic history that says their God gave them permission to commit genocide against people of color. What shall we do, people? We need to get together. We need to redefine what spirituality is. We cannot even begin to think about horoscopes fire signs and water signs and air signs and ground signs and the differences in those people, people who follow after Ogun or Mars, people who are more willing to use brute force to, to create and to hold on to power. We're not really even ready to talk about child rearing and generational influences of how one person raises their children and they raise their children. We can't talk about culture until we deal with the Abrahamic religions. Critical race theory is in need of a deep dissection, a deep surgery to cut things out so that we can reroute our law and legal institutions. Because if in God we trust, we are basing our livelihoods, and this same God wants to destroy and put into perpetual servitu servitude, servitude the children of Cush, what can we do with it? It's time for us to wake up. Why would the hegemonic powers get rid of something that is so deeply ingrained in people's minds and that benefits them. I want to leave you with that. This completes our show today, and we want to thank you listeners from whichever platform you're enjoying. Remember to visit anointedgroove.com and tell someone you listen to the Oracle's News Radio and learn something important. Because if you, if you do, you can rest assured that you both will be enjoying the facts and nothing but. Until next time.
It's time to wake up. The new age is upon us. Receive the new paradigm. Free your mind. It's time to get it and to get it now. Have you ever wondered where you came from? Tired of feeling hopeless like you're the only one. Don't you worry. You got help. Come on, listen. Take a seat. Get a mental rest. What you've been told is not true. It was fashion to control you. Introducing the best deal in mobile. Unlimited on two or more lines for $29.99 a month per line. With no contracts, no added taxes, and no hidden fees. Includes nationwide 5G. Save up to 60%. Get unlimited on two or more lines for $29.99 a month. Call 855-438-2999. Click SpectrumMobile.com or visit a store near you. Offer valid for new customers on two or more unlimited lines. Savings based on two-line comparison of unlimited plans among major national carriers as of 9-2021. Prepaid excluded. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.